0: To ourselves to keep you humble. And if my brother should fall, or stumble, Pick you back up. Life's okay, we're back with the Juby
1: Take. I'm Steve. I'm Adam. And with us today is our executive producer, Heather. And she brought
2: friends. Hey, Juby Takers. Are you in store for a listening treat today? We have Laurel Ann Porter and Mike Anderson, S-O-N, with us. Hi, everybody.
1: Hi. Okay, and what we're going to start talking about is an upcoming event that has everybody in this household very excited. It is a play. Uh, It's dinner theater. It's called Game On, Game Off. Heather is one of the star performers.
2: (laughs) Ensemble. Ensemble. Okay,
1: well, you're our star, so we're just going to leave it at that.
2: Thanks, babe.
1: And uh, Laurel Ann and Mike uh, are the creators of this. That's and right. so I'm very interested to hear how this project got started and some of the different things that happened that, uh, that created this thing we're going to go see at the end of the month.
2: But before we get delve into creativity, Laurel Ann and Mike, Tell me all about where our listeners can see the grand opening of game on game off.
3: So, opening night is at a venue we're very excited about. It is at the Four Peaks Private Tasting Room on Wilson Street. So, don't go to the 8th Street Brewery because we won't be there. Go to um, it's on Wilson Street between Broadway and Southern and Mill and Roosevelt. If you go to our website, rhythmandflavor.com, you will find details and you can buy tickets through there too. And we currently
2: have some special ticket sales going on right now. Can you tell us about that and when that special expires? So, folks, as soon as you're done listening to this podcast... Go to RhythmandFlavor.com and get those tickets. What are those specials right now, laura Land?
3: Absolutely. So our earliest early bird special has already expired, but we have an early enough special. Um, each ticket is $40, and that includes an appetizer buffet and two drink tickets in addition to admission to the show. Um, and that it will expire on August 21st. Uh, after that, the tickets are $50 each.
2: Okay, and uh, so if they purchase tickets at the door, will that include the buffet?
3: Uh, no, if you t- wait until the the show, that will not include a buffet.
2: All right, so time is of the essence, Juby Takers. Take out that phone, get your Google Calendar opened up, put it in there. Best deal expires uh, August 21st, mm-hmm. and, right. and get your bo-go-ho going on. <laughs>
3: Rhythmandflavor.com.
1: Rhythm and flavor rhythm and com. Okay. Well, thank you, Heather, because you know, that's why you're executive producer, you're always keeping us on track. Cause I forgot to ask when and where it was. There we go.
3: Oh, PM. In case uh, that was not made clear, August 31st, 7. PM. Okay. And what happens right at 7. PM? What
2: will the audience experience as they walk into the venue?
4: <laughs> so, um, Basically, when the people show up, we're just going to have some music going on. Um, sort of, uh, what do you call it? like entrance music or whatever?
3: Yeah, we sort of, uh, our style is something we call kind of like loungy, bluesy, retro pop songs with a few originals thrown in.
4: So uh, people can come in. We're going to be doing cocktail hour, um, which... May or may not be less than an actual hour, so don't dawdle. <laughs> Get your dog. drinks. Uh, start drinking.
3: And technically, at Four Peaks, we don't have mixed drinks. It's beer and wine and soft drinks. So it, we call it cocktail hour, even though there are no actual cocktails. Right.
4: Yeah, it is a it is a, a beer brewery. So right. Yeah. Anyway, so then um, basically, then the show is going to start. Um, the show is going to take place over four acts okay so essentially acts 1 and 3 are dialogue with the characters uh, and the characters are going to be um, mingling in amongst the people having drinks in the venue right then the acts 2 and 4 are going to be essentially the conceit of the show is that it is backstage at a uh, taping of a game show an old-school game show so Acts two and four are the taping segments because, you know, they would always tape, you know, a morning segment, a break for lunch, and then an afternoon segment. Or at least this is how I imagine it. So anyway, so that's what the, what the, the conceit of the whole show is. So we're going to have dialogue bits where people are going to find out who the characters are, who are the panelists on this fake game show that exists within the play. Uh, then that's the first act. And then the second act, we actually play the game show. We'll take a couple of contestants out of the audience. If they're well-behaved and they know. What <laughs>
3: <laughs> or <laughs> no. not. Volunteers, you know? we're not going to force anybody to play.
4: <laughs> right. And then, um, and then they'll play. And we'll play, uh, you know, a round of the game, you know, just simple scoring with points. Uh, the winner gets a little prize, yada, yada. Then we'll go back into the um, essentially lunch backstage for another um, dialogue segment. And that's when we're going to serve the appetizer buffet.
2: Oh, fantastic. Okay. So what I'm hearing from you then, Laurel-Ann and Mike, is that we have some audience participation going on here, audience interaction. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow, so they have an opportunity to find their little part to be a star that night as well.
3: <laughs> right, so we have all of our fabulous fake celebrities um, who are playing some characters that Mike created who are who we sort of envisioned them as kind of these archetypes that we saw from some of the game shows that we used to watch as kids. Um, and so we have um, a sort of sassy, cynical a female comedy writer then we have a kind of sardonic uh barely closeted gay man and then we have um a successful female comedian and then we have who am i forgetting
0: uh
4: you know um like like an international star sort of a playboy bon vivant type character you know
3: Right. And then we also have our just our sort of good old regular uh, comeback kid, uh, which the the conceit there, the premise there is that he started out as a child actor, then sort of disappeared for a while. And now he's coming back to the game show to make his comeback.
4: Yeah, to try and get a job, to try and make his way back back into the industry after being out of it for a long time. Danny Danny Bonaduce sort of Bonaduce style or like you know if that Urkel kid ever decided that he wanted to try and come back and have a career at acting like I'm sure he'd be great at it but you know you know like one of these people who you knew when they were you know the little kid and but then the you know the business turns they leave.
3: The other thing that's a little different about this is that um, so there is a script Mike wrote the script um, and there is dialogue however what we have done for this project is we're treating the dialogue and the scripted Uh, dialogue, I should say, as a kind of skeleton or structure for what I'm really viewing as a long form comedy improv. So the cast changes every month. Sometimes uh, like Heather herself has played one role before and now she's playing a different role uh, for the August opening night. Um, the actors we do a whole series of improv based exercises just to get everybody's improv juices flowing and their improv skills warm then we read through the script um, and then they don't have to memorize it so the script is basically meant to be here's your model here's your structure make sure you cover all of the points the plot points you need to cover in whatever order but then there's freedom to be able to interact with the audience include the audience things like that um, so it we did it as the first Preview in June. Uh, People really seem to love it. Um, We did a workshop of it before we did our preview um, at the Pauling Theater Exchange in just outside of New York City. And what we learned there, we actually brought in a director who had a lot of experience with comedy improv. And it just so happened that at this theater residency that they were hosting, there was a group of actors who were getting certified in stage combat who were there for about... Two weeks, I think. So for two weeks, this sort of troop, this sort of accidental troupe of actors, was the group that we got to use to conduct this experiment, just to see if this idea even could fly. Because it is a little bit weird and it is a little bit unique. And these actors who were all um, doing stage combat, they just took to it. They really enjoyed it. Um, and we we did two rehearsals, and uh, because we were in sort of a safe setting where we didn't have to worry about whether or not we were going to draw a public Um, we opted actually to go ahead and switch the actors from the first rehearsal to the second rehearsal so that we could actually really see can this be done without anybody having done any rehearsal of this at all and it worked great both times both the first rehearsal and then the second rehearsal which we actually did have an audience for Um, so we sort of proved uh, that the concept worked Um, and then that was how we brought it back to phoenix Um, where we had our first preview in June, and we're really excited for your opening night.
1: Well, that's really, it's exciting. I was able to go to the preview. Oh, good. And uh, it, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, one of the things that uh, that I thought of is, you know, it just the, the more the people get used to the interaction and understand that, you know, the audience is part of this, you know, this play because you're, you know, the the, the characters are you know, like you mentioned, in character throughout this. And I think this venue, as opposed to the other venue, will be a little bit more... uh, Cohesive? Yeah.
2: Well, it... it, it Focused?
1: Did I have any other words I was going to say?
2: Oh, I'm sure I'll think of some words for you later.
1: Okay. Well,
2: good. (laughs) Centered.
3: (laughs) That's Well, a good and one, one of the challenges that we had at that first venue is that um, to get to the place where the food and drinks were being served, we had to walk across a parking lot. Right. And, so, and we knew that going into it, and we sort of decided that that was going to be part of the whole, you know, charm of the show. But in this venue, the audience doesn't have to go anywhere. <laughs> right.
1: You can just stay there with your drink, and you don't have to feel like, well, I better chug this because I got to get back to the theater.
3: Exactly. Which
1: was very stressful for the audience, I will tell you. <laughs> Having to
2: quickly consume an adult beverage?
1: Yeah, I'm not used to that.
2: (laughs) No experience whatsoever. Yeah, (laughs) I'm
1: a leisurely type of
3: You're a sipping kind of guy?
1: (laughs) Yeah, just ask anybody.
3: Yeah, my chugging days are over too.
1: (laughs) But anyway, okay, so you mentioned going back to New York with this. Uh, One of the things I'm very curious is to how far from the first idea when you guys were sitting down talking about this, before you actually got to a place where you could take it to new york was it uh you know a two week process or was it five years or
4: was it you know
3: (laughs) you want to talk about that mike
4: um basically i I wrote this five years ago i just came up with the idea and just wrote it am i the good host or what did i nail the (laughs) five years all right Yeah. yeah i think uh i think i was going through um like uh you know on my ipad i just or my phone it might have been my phone at the time i was working for a bank and I had nothing to do for an hour for lunch break. Um, So I would just sit there and write stuff. And so I wrote like a whole bunch of scripts. I have a whole, developed a whole like animated series and stuff. And, um, you know, ideas for short films and stuff. And one of the things that I wrote was I just had this idea just from watching, you know, these game shows when I was a kid uh, in the 70s. Like I loved uh, these sort of game shows. I used to watch them like every day. Um, Before school, by before school, I mean before I started going to school. So when I was like three and four years old, and I can remember when I was starting school, it was like, I got no, I got to leave, but
3: Price is Right's
4: on, you know. (laughs) Um, so, So I was like,
3: Oh, you'll be back later. So Mike would come home from work, and we would sit around the pool. Um, and just kind of chat about what his ideas were, and uh, I sort of served as a sounding board for that process, and it was fun just talking about it, and we knew it wanted to happen, but we didn't know where or how, because it does, well, the other thing that um, Mike knows I'm a theater person, Mike is actually more mm-hmm. of a musician, he's an audio guy, um, and a filmmaker too, but he every time I would take him to the theater, he'd be like, why can't we have drinks inside the theater? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. more fun. So yeah. we knew that we wanted that sort of flexibility and openness for people to kind of, you know, it, more like in what I would call a cabaret style, because um, that that way we want to have people just sort of hanging out, having a good time with us.
2: Right. Very nice. Very nice. I think that the the format for me was, was thrilling as an actress looking to audition. I fondly remember um, game shows, especially... Of the 70s and waiting for kitty carlisle and peggy cass and um oh charles nelson riley to say something that i probably didn't completely understand at the time but i just was so it was just fascinating to me and real people that weren't hollywood people as contestants getting to sit you know, in some studio and play games with these people, I thought, well, that's just got to be a little slice of heaven.
3: Right?
4: Yeah. Yeah. That, when I was a kid watching it on TV, like, the, it always seemed like, like, uh, remember they used to have, like, Battle of the Network stars? Oh, If you're ever right. starting to hate. <laughs> I do <laughs> yes. <'Cause> remember that. <laughs> I found fascinating that all these stars from all these TV shows would get together and they're aligned by what network they're on, Right. And they would work together in these, like you know, tug of war competitions or relay races, and just ridiculousness. And
3: whoever Lou Ferrigno's network was, I think, was always the winner yeah. of tug of war. <laughs> yeah, ABC
4: was casting for you know, there were a lot of action shows. Like, they had Six Million Dollar Man and the Bionic Woman and all that. Uh, but uh, but anyway, but the, uh, this this sense that these celebrities sort of knew each other you know, uh, outside of things. And you definitely got that on the game show circuit as well. You know, yes. uh, Betty White and her husband were sort of perennials on on spearheading that whole thing. Um, but I just, you know, like, I grew up watching a lot of television. So these were my TV friends. So if you could see them at work where they're over here doing the show and then you could see them over here playing games, like it was like you knew him, you know? Like yes. when you saw Richard Dawson, it's like, uh-huh, oh, it's Newkirk from Hogan's Heroes. You right. know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's that guy, you know?
3: And we also, you know, maybe as kids we didn't notice it, but as we got a little older, we sort of, watching the show, we're looking at, they're probably getting good and schnockered backstage.
4: I, I noticed it when I was a kid. They, like <laughs> they, Like, there were shows where they were just extra giggly for no reason, and you'd be like, what's going on, you know? And that's that's kind of the idea of the show and the the dialogue parts with the characters is based upon this idea that at the at these tapings for these game shows these guys are probably having a few cocktails you know what i mean yeah that that's great
2: a different perspective
4: oh well, see there you go You're supposed oh, to drink
2: okay now everybody raise your glass does not matter what is in it iced tea is fine or your favorite adult beverage Sparkling water. Maybe you need some smart water today. It, we are recording this on a Sunday, so it's a bit of a slow day for us. Well, one of
1: the things watching those types of shows, you always wondered, is the, the persona on camera the same as the person off camera? You know, and that, you know, this would be a perfect opportunity for someone who is nice and bubbly and really sweet. As soon as the, you know, the red light goes off the camera, they are, you know... Sorry, Alex, a bitch. You know, I just...
2: Have you been reading the notes I'm writing in my script? Don't give any secrets away. Once again, no
1: one's listening to this, so it doesn't matter. We're just having fun.
2: Jubie takers, I know you're out there.
1: But, okay, so, all right, so five years ago you have this idea and then you guys are sitting around the pool talking about this and throwing some ideas back and forth. How does that take you to New York from Phoenix? (laughs)
3: Oh, wow. Um, I mean, I do think that the, the project really sort of was on the very, 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 very back burner for maybe four out of those five years, would you say?
4: Yeah, I mean, like, I wrote it five years ago, and like, there it was. I mean, I think I, I originally there were three acts. We condensed the third act and the second act together uh, just for the sake of time. It didn't really need to be a third act, but I was like, <laughs> I'm writing a play, three-act structure, whatever. And um, But we didn't need it. I remember writing that third act as we were taking the train from Edinburgh back down to London when we were over there for a conference that she was at. That was that was a good time, um, but it was also another one of these academic conferences that led it to New York. <laughs>
3: Yeah, so I guess that is one of the benefits to being an academic in the theater is that I do get to go to a lot of conferences and meet a lot of fantastic people from all over the world. So that's a real bonus. Um, How exciting. Yeah, yeah. Thank you to all of the institutions that have given me at least a little bit of money to pay for those. ASU and Benedictine University have given me a, at least a little bit. Um, don't, right?
4: say, don't say money. Say support. Support.
3: Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Academic, it's just support. Right. We can't talk money.
3: Um, so the other thing that we realized we needed to do, um, once the script was set, we realized... So the game show is based on questions. Um, and our concept of the game show within the game show is that the, sh- the, the TV show is called Guess What? where you have to guess what Why? other people are thinking. Right. Um, and so we-
4: Because You said that it's a game on questions. It's like a fill in the blank type questions. So it's not like trivia questions where there's one specific answer and then once people know the answer, then the cat's out of the bag. It's a fill in the blank type scenario. So depending on who the contestant is, the answer varies but then it's matching to the contestants
3: or the yeah penalty. so the logic of it functions similarly to like apples to apples or depending on who the crowd is maybe cards against humanity depending <laughs> on how how uh, wild people are getting but the idea is that if you can guess what that particular person or what the most number of those character archetypes that we have how they might respond then you win more points right um so that's that's a, so we knew we had to write a bunch of questions, and believe it or not, that's not as easy as we thought it was going to be. Um, it was a real challenge.
4: Yeah. So we, we we kind of found that we have to sort of get in the swing of it, and you know, go back to whatever questions we'd previously written. And once once like you spend like ten or fifteen minutes reading them and thinking about them, you kind of get in the swing of it, and then your brain starts to think that way. And then they just start coming fast and furious. And then we just jot them all down. And then later we go back and we reread them and we're like, "Eh, "Ah, there's a kernel of a good idea, but it's really clunky. So we'll reword it, shift things around, get it. So we're ending with the blank and, and getting it into a, a nice usable format. But yeah, we're constantly writing questions. Um, We have an idea that we'd like to at the shows, you know, how some places have like suggestion box, like, you know, make a suggestion, put in the box, like people to be able to (laughs) write down question ideas and put them in the box.
2: I love that idea. Absolutely. So we don't actually have um, a technical lighting set up right now in Juby One Studios, but I'm gonna put you on the spot. <laughs> can you can you give us an example question and uh hey Steve, hey Adam, could you be our our pseudo contestants and, and maybe we'll just play one one or two question quick round and give the listeners an idea?
4: Sure, I got one. I got yeah. one that I wrote that I like. There you go. If you guys are game.
2: Game, sure. On. Sure. game on.
4: All right. Um Do you wanna do one?
3: Oh, you go ahead.
4: All right, um, All right. how about this one? Nicky Narducci <laughs> was so tough.
3: How, how tough was he? he?
4: Nicky Narducci was so tough that for Mother's Day, he got his mama a blank. Well,
3: we actually have yeah. other... No, we don't okay. want to borrow
2: a different game oh, show's that's music. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. So okay, all
3: right.
1: one of the things... I, I, I did see the preview, and I, I think this might help the listeners understand. The, the panel... Yeah, we have the to celebrities answer. have a whiteboard mm-hmm. in front of them. So they're actually writing theirs down, not saying them. And after they have all written theirs down, then the contestants say theirs. That is true. So it's it's not okay. everybody saying it at once. Right. So.
2: so give us the question one more time and I'll be a, I'll be a panelist and I'll throw... Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm
4: writing down my answer on my phone.
2: Okay. <laughs> So, okay. Nikki Narducci.
4: Nicky Narducci is a tough guy. Okay. How tough is he? He's so tough that for Mother's Day, he got his mama a blank.
3: Oh, am I supposed to write mine down too? Yeah,
4: you go ahead and type your answer in there. Okay. 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 So, think about it. Nikki Narducci, he's a tough guy. So tough that for Mother's Day, he got his mama a blank. Okay. Answers are in. So...
1: Uh, got her a set of brass knuckles.
2: <laughs> Ooh, good answer. Good answer.
0: No matches on that one. Uh, I was going to say an ass whooping. <laughs> <but>,
2: uh, <laughs> oh, oh,
4: oh.
2: Sorry, <laughs> good, Alex. That's <laughs> <Alex. laughs> a good answer.
4: Yeah. Yep. Panelists? Sorry, sorry, no matches on that one. Uh, our, our panelists had, uh, I had Crowbar. Oh, nice. <laughs> and... Uh, she had chainsaw.
2: Oh, oh okay.
4: I really liked Adams, actually. <laughs> but see, I like that But too. see, that's that's the that's the fun of it is exactly. Somebody, so you got what the panelists wrote for their answers, which that could be funny depends on how they decide to answer. But then the the contestants answer as well could be funny. And when somebody comes up with something that like you never would have thought of in a million years, but it just seems so perfect, it's like oh, it's all worth it. Genius. You know? Yeah, it almost go.
3: makes it less important whether or not uh, someone wins the game and more fun just to hear what the celebrities' answers are.
4: Yeah, because that is really what the whole thing is about. The whole point is just to um, it's, it's to play the game, to come together, play the game and have fun uh, together as a group with other people. And.
3: Yeah, and you know what? I'm remembering a little part to the story that we forgot to tell. So um, Mike used to always say, this is really just an excuse to play the game because we think the game is really fun. We did something, what, four years ago, like maybe it was as you were still writing the script, maybe it was five years ago, Um, I had just bought a new iPad and I was going to give my old iPad to my son who at the time was like 14, but I didn't want to just give it to him, I wanted him to earn it. So we had the iPad challenge, which was a whole series of like life skills that he needed to make sure he could demonstrate before he got it.
2: Good parenting, (laughs) love this so far. I don't
3: know that he remembered any of them, but you know. Yeah, he did remember some. Yeah. Um, so then, the final culmination of the iPad challenge was we invited some friends over and we just played the match game. And Alex was our own only contestant, I think. Right. So basically, he had to get a certain number of points in order to. Uh, win.
4: Yeah, that was actually that was way more than five years ago. That was actually the inception of the whole thing. Was we were just doing the iPad challenge, and I just thought. Because I'd always loved, you know, these type of game shows. I was like, you know what? I'm just going <laughs> to... So I started writing down questions or whatever. And so we got together and we played Match Game because it needs like nine people to do it. Um, but it's a hoot. And it was really fun. And I was like, man, that's great. And so I just figured I'm just going to, like, write it down, structure it so that we could put it together as some sort of uh, theatrical presentation. Uh, you know, just as a rapper, as an excuse, just to... You know, not, like a, not like a rapper rapper, but, you know as a shell, uh, <laughs> right. as an excuse to put it. W-R-A-P,
2: the people. Right. Yeah, let's get yeah, that the, thing.
3: The thing that got us from, you know, just thinking about it and, and working on it to actually doing it was that... Um, so we actually did have um, a kind of you know tentative working agreement with the first venue that we were gonna we were gonna start out really slow, and we were going to just sort of take a few months practicing you know at this other venue and then just make sure we knew that it could have a following. Um, and as part of that, um, the the folks who run the Pauling Theater Exchange that invited me to the residency, they basically asked me, "What are your projects that you're working on, and what would you like to work on in this um, residency?" And um, I do have four major projects in the works right now. And so they allowed me to work on two. So um, they allowed me to work on this game on, game off. And then they also allowed me to work on another script that I've been working on for about three years, um, which is uh, the serious side of of life. It seems like I always have to do something very zany and silly and also something very serious. So the other script is... um, it's called 27 Signs and I'm co-authoring with a nursing professor from Illinois Wesleyan and it's based on her research of sibling grief. So it's a play, oh. up. she interviewed 27 people who had lost a sibling um, and so the 27 Signs were, uh, it's, a, it's kind of a, a throwback to the idea that each one of these people has a story, and each one of them has a sign that their whoever their sibling was that they lost is somehow uh, there's still a connection. So that's happening at South Mountain Community College in November. So I, I was able to do both my zany, silly game on game off work with them, and then also um, do some development on 27 signs, like kind of the final phase that we needed. Um, so it was really I was just lucky enough that these people knew me and trusted me enough to just say, "What do you want to do?" And I was like, "This is what I want to do."
1: Well, that's- That's awesome. You know, and so often in life, that's just, it's opportunity. You're just finding yourself at the right place at the right time and it works out. Uh, One of the things about game on, game off that interests me is, is it's almost unlimited. You know, you have plans of having this kind of as a, you know, once a month. But each time it's going to be fresh. You can go and watch every performance, and they're all going to be different.
3: Exactly. Exactly. The cast will shift around every single month. Uh, we're actually looking at a lot of different venues, and we want to make sure we can bring it to different parts of the valley. So, valley. so we're looking at venues in uh, Glendale, Phoenix, Gilbert... Um,
2: The one constant is it's always the last Saturday of the month, correct?
3: That is correct. Although there is a venue in Mesa that we're talking with that um, might want us to begin doing like a Sunday afternoon, evening.
2: That would be lovely, too. And I'm not
3: going to say what venue until we get things um, finalized with them, but I'm very excited about that venue in particular.
1: Okay, so that brings me into my next question is the long term. You know, what... What future do you see with this or that you hope for, you know,
4: ideally, uh, where would you like this to go? Um, We're basically just looking at um, just having it be something that we can do semi-regularly, you know, regularly, you know, once a month to just get together and have fun with with people. So um, that people who come to the show and enjoy the show can become regulars and they can get to know, you know, the characters and the actors who are playing the characters um, and the actors can also use it as a venue to promote other projects that they are in because it's it's going to be a high visibility project where, you know, people are going to know what's going on. It's always going on every month. Come see it every month. And so it's, it's constantly going to be new because, you know, half the like the game itself is. And even the the characters and what the actors are bringing to it, it's all gonna change and it's all sort of like improvisational to a certain degree where if you're there in the moment, you get to experience it that way. But if you're not there, you're kind of missing out because you can't sort of like recapture it or hear about it later.
2: It's truly the magic of live theater. Yeah, exactly. Put down your screens, look at the human being next to you, look at the person across the room, Make a connection. Yeah.
3: As corny as it sounds, that's actually a really strong motivator for why I decided to kind of put this project to the top of my list of zillion things I'm doing, is that I feel like now more than ever, we just need to come together in groups of small people and laugh. Oh, really.
2: I, oh I couldn't agree more. Um, couldn't and I, agree and more.
3: also, you know, the ulterior motive that, um, you know, I, I... don't. Let's see, I don't want to... So the theater scene in Phoenix is challenging, I'll just put it Mm -hmm. that way, and everything I have worked on in theater in the Phoenix area for the last 10 years, unless you've got a built-in audience, it's a real challenge to try to do something that's not, you know, one of the existing companies that already has a following, it's a real challenge to try to get audiences to go to the theater, and then when you do, it seems like it's all just theater people going to see it. Um, And then not all of us theater people can afford the expensive tickets at Arizona Theater Company. And so it seems like it's a very insular crowd. And what I'm hoping that this project can do is it can draw audiences who maybe don't normally go to the theater. Folks who like game shows, folks who like games, folks who like comedy. And then they can come to the show. And if they see that actor and go, gosh, wow, that actor is really good. I want to go see other stuff that they're doing, right. then my ulterior motive here is that this is a way to kind of help get audiences in Phoenix understand that live performance is actually really f- valuable and fun. Um, and so that's, you know, that's my my PSA for the project.
1: <laughs> no, and I th- that's outstanding. You know, I just it, it's not the same investment like you're talking about of going to the Orpheum or going to... You know, Gamage, gamage or, or, or a lot of the theaters around, you know, it's, you know, you can show up in shorts and, you know, not get all dressed up. And, you know, you can have a little food, you can have a drink and you can laugh and interact.
3: Right. And we even we had um, some long discussions when we switched our venue um, to to the Four Peaks one. Um, we had some very serious discussions about how much we would want to charge for these tickets, and because we knew we had to, we had to include. Um the cost of the food and beverages that are the minimum consumption that's our contract with them we knew that we had to build that into the ticket price so we sat around and i was like please i spend fifty dollars just on drinks when i go out at yeah. least so it seems really reasonable that somebody could get admission to a really good time some snacks and there are vegan and gluten-free options and a couple of drinks like i don't know to me it sounds like a bargain
2: i think so better better than sitting it's it Better than dinner and a movie. It's it's another option. Or uh, I know that um, Adam really likes to attend uh, live comedy performances. And this is just another option out there that's, I think, very reasonable.
4: Absolutely. Very
2: reasonably priced.
4: Yeah. Right. It, it, it sets itself up to be a nice, a nice evening out where you can have some laughs, have some drinks, enjoy yourself. You know, kind of something that you want to do, like, each week just to... You know, get out of the house and go have some fun because you know sometimes you know going to see a movie it's like you go and you sit in dark and you know sit in the dark next to the person and then you you know you don't talk until it's all over at the end. A couple hours later, it's right. not very interactive. You know, at least this you can kind of talk to the person that you're with and joke around and you know just have a nice evening out with other people that are having a nice evening out too. Yeah,
1: and it's it's definitely a reasonable price
4: point. You know, so
1: you're not you know mortgaging that you know something or you know, selling a kidney to go and try it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, like,
3: Please keep your kidneys. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So it's
2: no kidneys required,
1: (laughs) you know, and like I said before, you know, each uh, of the performances is going to be different. And one of the things that's always fun for me, my experience in theater is simply being the husband of Heather um, (laughs) and going to all of her performances and over the years, which goes back a long time, but watching her when she first heard about this and got involved in it, you know, all of a sudden, her character's walking around the house here all the time. You know? And and she's like, okay, well, this person, you know, this character who is a an assistant, right? Production mm-hmm. assistant. Production assistant. Mm-hmm. You know, she's she's walking around, and one at one point, she walked in the room. She goes, "Do you still have that fanny pack?" And I'm a fanny <laughs> pack. I, well, yeah, I think it's up in the cupboard. You know, I've used that since we went to Disneyland in the '70s, but. So, yeah, okay, got to have the fanny pack, you know? So she's like, I'm going to put the, all these things in it. And she just gets into the character so much.
4: Yeah. And it really brightens up her life. Oh, you know? and some of the just, other
3: actors are too. Do you want to tell them about... Um, um...
4: Yeah, you know, at, at, at one point at, at the at the the, uh, the first rehearsal show, I was outside. I was talking to one of the guys in the cast. Um, you know, I was just kind of talking to him, just sort of chatted. There was nobody else around. We were outside. And one of the, uh, the other cast members, Abby, she comes, uh, she comes from the inside of the venue, fully in character. She's coming up to him, calling him by the character name. And she's like, she's like hey, uh, Mr. St. David invited us to go out on his boat. Can we go out on his boat with him? She's in character doing a scene for literally nobody but two other people <laughs> that are in on the joke. I just, I, I, it, it just made me laugh so hard. And she's just, brilliant. Yeah. She's she is brilliant. She brilliant.
2: The, the the character that that she played. I, I don't know that we mentioned before the archetype that she is. She's the the young Hollywood starlet. Mm-hmm. And um, oh my gosh, my cheeks hurt at the end of the show <laughs> watching her. She was absolute uh, genius.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah, she's totally channeling her inner Goldie Hawn from the younger days. Oh, yep. she
2: was she was fantastic. Hey Adam, can you give us uh, a few minutes on? what this performance, uh, what this evening was like as a date night with your girlfriend, Kirsten. Hey, Kirsten.
0: Um, and
2: Kirsten's cats.
0: Right. Uh, well, I mean, it was a lot of fun there. Uh, it was cool. Obviously I'd never, I'd never been to any kind of interactive show before like that. So it was different. Um, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, I don't think that most people that were with us really did. Um, and so, uh, going in, it was, I'm a little shy, so I didn't like go up and, and be a participant, but it was cool seeing Zach go up and be a participant in there and uh, and just seeing all the laughs. I mean, it, like you guys are talking about, it was funny. It was, you know, again, interactive and, um, and you know, the part where it was broken up and it was just kind of uh, an activity almost rather than just one show. And then that that to me was a lot of fun, just made it different, you know, and I think that being different is hard these days. And uh, I think that that's something that really made you guys stand out. And I'm excited to even see more stuff that you guys are going to do in the future. Right. So you,
4: so you came and now you want to come again?
0: Exactly. Right. See? Repeat business. Because right. it's
3: fun. Well, and we had one of the actors that we used at the New York workshop. Um, she actually played... Um, the role you played in June, Heather. Okay, she played Brenda. She played Brenda, the stage manager. And um, at the end of it, she was just so excited and so happy. She was like, this is so much fun. I feel like we're inventing a new genre. (laughs) And I'm like, that's the idea, right? We want to do new stuff and make people come get excited about it.
2: The opportunities um, as uh, an actor, actress, performer, whatever you want to call, are limitless. yeah, truly with with this script. The script has fantastic bones, um, fleshes out the character that you're going to play, but it really calls on the actor to pull from their life experience mm. and bring to bring to life what they think this character, might actually be in that situation, and there's complete freedom yeah. to do that. So, as a performer, it is an opportunity that you don't often get. You are not um, you're not reined in solely by the script. It's you know, it's not a, ver- a verbatim rote. Um, Laurel Ann facilitated some fantastic warm ups for us, and Laurel and Mike. I think gave everybody the freedom to just kind of go wild and you can't really go too far. And if you do, you know, we'll let you know if you need to rein it in, but you know, everything kind of, kind of got a green light. Hey, Laurelland mm-hmm. and Mike, if there are any, if there's any actors out there or improv performers or comedians and they think they might, you know...
4: Wait, did you say comedians or Canadians? (laughs) I'm I'm good either way.
3: Because Canadians are always funnier yeah. than Americans. Right. There's
1: a different <laughs> website, though, for Canadians as yeah. opposed to comedians. So I think that's where you're going. Yeah. yeah.
3: Mike's rule for this is ABC, always be casting. So we're always looking for new talent. We're always looking to bring more people into our troop of actors. Um, just have them contact us, either uh, Ann at rhythmandflavor.com or go to our website, rhythmandflavor.com. Um, we're, we're considering a new model for doing auditions and I don't know that I want to give too many details right now, but just contact us. Uh, we'd love to have more folks um, come into the mix. Yeah, That's because
4: it, it really is designed to be like, um, it's, it's so open-ended for an actor um, because what we've got for the six panelists right now, these sort of archetypes, the actors can also develop, you know, a completely different character that slots into that type of archetype. Right, and they can make it more themselves. Right, like instead of our Stanley Bitterman character, you know, the sort of acerbic, older, snarky character, you know, um, who is you know, sort of written as a white guy. I mean, all the parts are pretty malleable. You know, uh, ethnicity, race, um, gender uh, doesn't really matter um, to the character. We We can slot in, you know, a male actor, female actor, and so the actors can bring to it. Like, like you said, as long as they can envision this well-rounded character and bring it to the reality of the improv let's play a game format we're good to go
2: wow wow
4: wow wow wow.
3: yeah and some of the um you probably noticed some of the warm-ups that we do before the performance are designed to help the actors really focus on What are my relational dynamics between the other characters on stage? Um, What are the things that I really want and need from the other actors? Um, So that you have kind of that core that you follow, but then there's all sorts of freedom to get from A to Z somehow in the end.
2: So as an actor, you get a double whammy of performing and experiencing an improv workshop. I mean, it's... it's a phenomenal opportunity. I'm. I feel very lucky. I feel very
4: lucky.
3: Oh, thank you. We're ha- we're glad to have you.
4: Yeah, we thoroughly appreciate all of our actors because this whole thing is really only we're able to to create this like you know uh, little gossamer um, backdrop of reality of this game show because of the actors you know making this happen and just like getting it and being committed to you know this role and what they're doing so um and really all
3: of the actors were so brave because even on that first preview i think everybody was still like we're not really sure what we're doing (laughs) but we're diving in anyway (laughs) so yeah our actors are awesome we love our actors um and we're really excited for them it's true we couldn't do it without the actors
4: yeah yeah love our actors they do awesome work for us so and and you know and if there's other awesome actors out there that want to get in on the opportunity hit us up at rhythmandflavor.com we're always going to be casting
2: right great
1: right and you know improv is a unique skill it's you know i mean there are actors that don't like that they like more of a structure Mm -hmm. so finding people that you know love to interact and all of that it just it's it's really fun to witness that and see people that are comfortable with that because You don't know what the other person's going to say, you know, all the other uh, or a lot of the other stuff that Heather has done over the years. I've been, you know, the the person running lines with her, you know, so she has a line that is her cue. And so when she hears that, she knows these are her lines, you know, and and that's such a structured environment. So this is somebody's going to say something that you're going to go, what? And you have to react. You have to respond. And that's just fun. Yeah, yeah. that's
3: the yes and yes of comedy and. improv. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yes you always say and. yes. You always say yes. That's yep. what
1: improv. You always say yes.
3: Yep. Absolutely. And sometimes it's a big surprise, but, yep. you know, go with it. Some, I had an acting teacher freshman year. Well, it wasn't my freshman year, but my first year at Boston University. And he would say over and over and over every single class, surprise yourself. And I think that uh, is probably, you know. John Lipsky, may he rest in peace, um, Mm. would be happy that my actors are surprising themselves all the time.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, and that's interesting because we do that as well. We feel that we're performers with our podcast, so (laughs) we surprise ourselves all the time. So, okay, so now I want to move into uh, the Rhythm and Flavor piece. Okay. Uh, The other thing that you guys do. Mm -hmm. and
2: uh, Rhythm and Flavor, Laurel Ann Porter and Mike Anderson, S-O-N. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Very
1: good, in case you weren't here at the beginning of the podcast. So, um, so tell us about that a little bit.
3: Sure. So, um, the name came about as part of a conversation um, when I was doing my PhD, and I, was, uh, I did six months of field work in a small town in Bahia, Brazil. He was sort of my sounding board when I was trying to write my dissertation. Not trying. I did. I finished my dissertation. <laughs> Yay. Um, yeah, that was 2015. Wow. Um, but uh, it was really awesome to have a fellow human in the house who could uh, kind of have just be there to talk through ideas with me. Someone that wasn't specifically my advisor because there's all sorts of power dynamics there. Um but one thing that we sort of chatted about is that we both kind of feel like if you ever want to understand another culture, you just need to understand the rhythm and the flavors. Oh. I love that. That's awesome. right? And of course, you know, I'm in love with Brazil and, and I fell in love with Brazil through the music. So for me, the rhythms are super important. Um, But the flavors, too, like what I for a minute, I thought I was going to write my dissertation on how to translate food. um, But I ended up doing something else. (laughs) But it is true, like some of the food that you encounter in other places, um, we don't even have the ingredients that they have. Right. So you can talk about the flavor, but if you can't even duplicate the ingredients, it really is a kind of unique, special, you know, maybe slightly esoteric thing to talk about the flavor. So we decided that our musical duo, we would just call ourselves the Rhythm and the Flavor.
4: Yep, that's pretty much it. Right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, that, that's really awesome. And uh, what we'd like you guys to do is is to play a song for us. Sounds great. And uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break and get all set up for that. Then we're going to come back and uh, and do a song.
3: That sounds fantastic.
1: Okay, so now we're going to listen to... A, a, is it an original piece? It is. Okay, tell me a little bit about how this came about.
3: Uh, so this song we like to call post-colonial blues. Uh, we wrote it together when I was in grad school doing my PhD. And one of the things that's a real challenge if you are in academia at all is you start to realize how many histories of awful things we've done to each other as humans. And so it makes, um, it makes you really more sensitive to how we are complicit in many of those things, which translated to me as okay, all the things that I enjoy I can't do anymore because it's not really appropriate. Uh, and yet there's also this desire, and so the desire has to be kind of tempered with the recognition that some of those desires are problematic. So that is how we wrote postcolonial Blues.
4: Yeah, sitting out by the pool drinking beer.
3: Which
1: is the best way to come up with every idea in the world.
3: Absolutely.
4: On a Friday night. For longest, sure. The longest interval before you have to go back to work.
3: There Woo-hoo. you go. No me diga Am like a chili verde So picante Barolso saborosa No, me Jiga that I'm a colonizer just because I love your virgin forest cause you're sweet but not too sweet the deeper I go the deeper I know that you are don't tell me So sweet, but not too sweet, I'm just an outsider looking in. No me diga, my chocolate is branco, if you cleave me, my sangue is vermelho. Please believe me I'm on the periphery Of something buried in me Cause you're sweet Well, not too sweet The deeper I go The deeper I know that you are Sweet, but not too sweet. I'm just an outsider looking in. No, me, Jiga, my privilege precludes me. No, me, Jiga, my privilege excludes me. I will say I'm not my father's keeper All I want is to go a little deeper Cause you're sweet But not too sweet The deeper I go The deeper I know that you are Don't tell me so sweet, but not too sweet I'm just an outsider looking in So sweet
1: Well, that's just an awesome song. Wow.
2: Thank you, thank
3: you. Wow.
1: That is cool. Now, I,
3: <laughs> Just so
1: you know that, uh, you know, if you come to the show the 31st,
3: We are the opening act. The rhythm and the flavor. (laughs) We're the only ones we could get to work for free. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you know it's it's a struggle out there. I know, but uh, no, that's that's really a cool song, and that's definitely the South American flavor of that song. And
3: right, the rhythm and the flavor. Yeah, so it's cool. So please come join us. We'll be the opening act from seven to seven thirty, and then at seven thirty, all sorts of fabulous actors will join in. And if you would
2: like to book. The rhythm and flavor musical duo you can go to rhythm and all righty
1: well i'm very excited that you guys came and shared all this with us
3: oh thank you i was happy to be here
1: and uh please come back again you know we love having people we can talk about all kinds of things um, sounds
3: great
1: you know we come up with uh, with a topic and we'll talk about it
4: endlessly <laughs> Well, thank you guys for having us on the show. It was it was really nice to be here
0: and uh, really great to help uh, get the word out. So, uh, Adam, what do you think? I'm excited about the show. And if you guys want, there's going to be more perspectives later.
5: Perspectives! <laughs> Who are the good ones, the good ones of today? Point them out to me so I can come and join their aid we'll walk around this land with open hands looking for change we'll want to understand it's progression we have a hand humanity is killing we for this we will not stand i say let's progress in good contest Make conference, and love our best Our onslaught of love will be at an all-time high Crashing like waves on some ponderosa pines Our love, that makes no sense We who spend love at no expense We are a force of passion Creating a new faction Taking action, working hard Just for the satisfactions With the abilities to shine so bright That others want to fight Because our life is in their eyes Ladies and gentlemen, we are the skies. Don't remain mystified by their lies. can trust us, but we will teach you how to be true. Teach you how to speak the truth, but we stand here. And we listen to you, no longer hinder. For love is the spark, and we are its tither. We are the good ones. The good ones of today. We're sending out a call for you to come and join our wedding.